All right, folks, welcome to the runningrestaurants.com podcast, where we bring you the tips, tools, and techniques you need to know to make your restaurant more profitable and successful. I'm your host, Jamie Oikel, and today we've got a great episode for you with Phil Crawford, who's the Chief Technology Officer of CKE Restaurants, which you'll know as the Carl's Jr. and Hardy's brand. So, Phil, good morning, sir. Well, thanks for joining me. My pleasure, Jamie. Thanks for having me on today. Appreciate your time. Yeah. Uh, so we get, we're going to get into the loyalty stuff, tech stuff. Uh, before we do that, let's do a little bit of quick background on you. Uh, I see uh, Shake Shack in your background, Yard House in your background, now with CKE. Tell me about it. Yeah. So look, I've always been in the restaurant industry in some capacity, either on the vendor side and also the operations side. So my, my education and my background with regards to hospitality really has given me the blessings to work with some amazing concepts and brands over time. You know, again, whether it be to your point, Yard House, which was acquired by Darden, which was known for great, you know, great food, classic rock and beer, which is who doesn't love beer, um, to my stint with Shake Shack and helping that amazing company become the juggernaut that it is and taking that company public and building out the entire tech stack there, to a short stint with Godiva for a couple of years on the retail side of an amazing chocolatier brand worldwide to now a CKE. And we, as you mentioned, we run a Carl's and Hardy's brands worldwide as well. And again, it's an amazing time for this, this brand as we continue to evolve our digital, our digital platforms, but more importantly, our products and our consumer, you know, sediment as we, we grow and expand our brands. Yeah. I think uh, just going back to that yard house for a second, you gave me that visual. You, when you walk in and you see that like hundred and plus beers on tap, yeah. So it's such a good visual. I'm, I, we've been to been to a couple of those locations, but uh, quick question for you: You guys are you're sitting in quick service. Um, let's. I don't want to. I don't want to belabor uh, the COVID pandemic stuff, but I want to talk about it real quickly because it because it, it it affected so much of the technology stuff. It pushed a lot of restaurants forward or, or stepped on the gas, and I'm sure that was the case with uh, with you folks as well. Uh, how did how did you see that? Yeah, you're absolutely right. So I actually transitioned to my role during the middle of the pandemic. So I get mm. both I get both sides of it. Even with Godiva, even at CK, you're right. It, the technology had to become to the forefront and really had to become the catalyst for change because things were evolving so quickly day in and day out. So the good part, in, in especially in the CKE side of it, is we quickly had to adapt our brand and our overall platform for our consumers because the consumer sentiment shifted. Right, Everybody was now leveraging their phones where before they weren't. People needed to get product to them, which we had the inter interaction with delivery. So the, the catalyst there was we had to become nimble and agile in every true sense of the word and get systems stood up. But not only for guests, but also for our corporate employees in field operations and restaurant management to keep in constant communications, right? To make sure information was disseminated, to make sure supply chain product was flowing. So from a technology standpoint, it was an amazing challenge, right? But it was also a great opportunity for us to really kind of spread our wings and do a lot of things that never would have been done, you know, in the traditional world, because it would have been on the back burner. It would have been a three-year process rather than a three-month process. Yeah. That part of it's real interesting. And I, I one of the so-called silver linings we talk about sometimes when we do interviews or, or sessions is like, yeah, that, that learning had to take place and it had to take place fast. And as things get back to normal, it's like, hopefully we don't lose those lessons about how to uh, serve faster, how to do takeout, how to do delivery. And you guys obviously as a quick service place that's become, become paramount. What about that? Um, lessons learned, uh, disseminating I, a lot, a lot of our content is more for, uh, in, independence and smaller operations, but you guys are talking about thousands of locations, getting information trans, uh, transferred to just a whole bunch of people at the same time. 
must have just elevated the challenge dramatically. It, it is. And the good part about it, you know, we had to think small, even though we are big. So we had to break it down to the micro level rather than the macro level. I think that was one of our keys to our success. We had to think as a small independent operator as we adopted these changes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to have a broad stroke approach when you talk about 3,000 domestic restaurants. But really, you have to get down to the rule of three. You got to start with three. Focus on those three and try the different technologies, the different solutions, the different architectures in the small scope and really get them refined. And then you can roll on a global scale. I think that is the, the big key denominator. So when you talk about the independent operators or the small chains, right? Don't try to swallow the world in one, sh- in, you know, in one big gulp. Take little sips, and I think that was our key to our, our overall success, especially when rolling out some of these newer technologies. It also, you know, taught us to, you know, to fail fast and learn faster at the same time. Mm-hmm. But it was okay to a- accept our mistakes and failures. But as long as we learn from it, move forward, that was key. I also think that having the operational buy-in and the marketing buy-in, you know, and the finance buy-in was extremely, you know, key to our success because it was all hands in and all hands on deck in order to achieve this. This isn't just wasn't just a technology initiative. This was a business initiative for us to get our system set up during this crazy time. Yeah, the uh, f- fail fast is funny. Yeah, you got you got to pivot, you got to change. You know, this didn't work, and you got you got to roll with it. I think it'd be real interesting to ask you a question that goes back in time because you've you've done t- tech stuff for restaurants for a while now. And so, if you went back five years, ten years, twenty years to what you can do now with the phone, with uh, with uh, <laughs> cloud services, like that's got to be a crazy change for you. It it is because I remember back when you know the cloud first came up. You know, or broadband came up. People are like, ooh, scary. I don't know if we want to go there. But now it's like second nature. Or even the phone of having the consumer sediment in their hands. I mean, I think that, you know, when even when we rolled out kiosks, but there's different parts of our evolution in the hospitality and rush industry that we need to take notice from our, our peers in the travel industry, in healthcare, in manufacturing. But more importantly, worldwide. Like we sometimes put ourselves in these worldviews are just blinders of how the states work. A lot of this technology has already been proven overseas in a variety of markets, whether it be EMEA or Asia-Pac, where it does work and it has been facilitated and it has been you know, driven to success and, t- and tried and tested. It's just our, our level of adoption in the states relatively is slow. So it's, it's really understanding how that technology adapts to your business and which technology fits your business. Like if you would have talked about AI five years ago, like when the Google Home and Alexa came out, we all thought we would be nut that it would be in restaurants. But now it's here, right? It's kind of trying to make sure that you set yourself up for future success and not future failure by adapting some of these technologies, but also again, how they leverage your business to move your business forward. Yeah, I was reading, it's funny you mentioned the AI. I was reading something on you guys and just just that came out pretty recently and it and it one of the little paragraphs was about AI. And, and yeah, the average operator is probably not ready for that yet, but the bigger, but the bigger folks like yourself are getting, are definitely getting ready for that. Where do, where do you guys see it? Is it, is it in the, um, Hey, Jamie likes burgers and he usually orders this, but sometimes he orders for his kids. And so it seems like it's Thursday and it's like after the game and like, he's probably gonna, he probably wants four burgers tonight and just kind of make that easy. Like what, 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 what ways are you guys using it? So that's one way, right? Really, they can make the personalization and the overall contextual experience for a guest is a huge thing. Really, to anticipate the consumer's need. I always make the joke, we want to know more about the consumer than they know about themselves by leveraging AI. But it's also inside the four walls. It's also AI through drive-thru. So instead of talking to a person, you're talking to a bot. 
or robotics in the kitchen, right? It can do product, you know, production management by leveraging some of these technologies that are smart. So it, it lessens a burden on the operation. And then the overall premise of this is actually elevates the guest experience, right? If we can use modeling through machine learning and AI, we can run our business more efficiently through supply chain. We can run our business through a guest interaction and guest feedback and guest experience. Imagine a world in the future where not only do you know it's Thursday and you get burger and fries for your family every day, but I can actually then pivot it to the restaurant that's less busy to get your product more convenient and quicker or vice versa. You're on your way home and you know what? It's too long in the restaurant. We'll have it delivered to you so it meets you at home. There's all these different things wow. that are coming forth with all this different data that really is the the, 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 the next catalyst for change. It's just becoming you know, more of the norm or the instant gratification, instant on demand for our consumers, but more importantly, understanding what the consumers want really is where our, our industry is going. And especially in, you know, the QSR, which is a very, you know, combative industry. There's a lot of competition and we're all clamoring for that individual guest. Yeah, it's interesting with, yeah, with QSR, if you think about it, it's maybe not thought out as much as that special Friday night dinner uh, that I, I'm, you know, our anniversary and so forth. But, you know, with QSR, it's become what's on my way. Which one, which of the five am I going to choose? Why am I going to choose you over the next guy? And so you've got, how, what are some ways that you guys get in their mind to do that? Is it, a, is it an app notification, email, top of mind? What do you, all of the above. So, all of the above. So every which way we can. So the great part is we just launched our app and loyalty programs as well. And we've actually made some good partnerships with some strategic vendors such as Radar and Olo, as well as others that allow us to do geofencing, right? Which is a great thing or, in, or in-app notifications or SMS notifications. You know, we're also looking at some other partnerships with, you know, map integration. We won't name names, but you can figure out who they are. But if you're going down the road and you happen to have hit a geofence or a barrier and you have the app, it prompts you and says, hey, there's a Carl's or Hardy's two miles down the way, interested in getting a famous star or a big Hardy. Or vice versa, you, you pop up your, your map program and you might see a Carlos Jr. on the highway up at the next stop. There's all these different ways for us to proactively engage our consumers and guests to drive them. Additionally, there's also the marketing side of it, you know, head by, headed by my friend and colleague, Chad Crawford. No relation, just the same ah, last name. That's funny. <laughs> and, uh, but we call ourselves C-squared at the, yeah. at, the, at the organization. It's kind of funny. Um, where you can actually leverage, you know, the the day parting as well as the different loyalty engines to drive consumers to those restaurants or markets that might be slow at certain times or different offer day parts by offering special incentives. And how do you do that? You drive them through notifications, you drive them through email, SMS, whichever which way you can touch that. But I think most importantly, again, it goes back to my contextual personalization. Not everybody wants an SMS. Not everybody wants a push notification or an email. You really have to understand what the preferences are of those consumers and how they want to interact with you. Yeah, it's it's very true. I will not. I will hardly ever turn on notifications personally. I I, I don't mind getting texts from uh, from uh, businesses that I have established relationship with them, and, and emails. My my happens to be my preferred method, but that's me, right? So that's yeah. my choice, and 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 and, every, and and everybody's different. Let's let's talk about loyalty since we're, since we're there. Uh, a lot of folks, pretty much everybody, is in the is in the reward point system game these days and and, and they should be because it, it's, it's rewarding you guys i think it, whether you've revamped it or redone it I, or let's just talk about how you think about it because for me i know i don't want to have to go to place 10 10 times before i get rewarded how do you think about frequency how do you think about you know creating them 
the incentive to come back, all, all that stuff. Wrap it up. Sure. So I'll put my marketing hat on, which is scary from a technology standpoint to do so. But it's kind of fun because it's really with the two industries, sorry, the two departments have now merged together, right? Marketing and technology are playing hand in hand. So I agree with your sentiment 100%. It's very few brands in our in our scale in our scale and scope that don't need a loyalty program, right? I think that if you're unless you're a cult, like a cult following chain, you don't need it, and we won't name the name, but we can all figure out who that is or who they are. Um, I think it's extremely important for brands to have the loyalty program in and of itself because you're right. The consumer nowadays wants to feel rewarded. Again, take this run from the airline industry, and the amount of loyalty and the amount of frequency they get by their frequent flyers. It's the same thing for restaurants. So in our world, we took the, we took the same methodology from QSR, but we were late to the game. We never really had a true loyalty program inside of Carl's or Hardy's. They were fragmented, regionalized one. We had to create a national standard, which we had done with the My Rewards app. The beauty of that is that it works at you know, individual restaurants throughout the, the, the geography throughout the states. The best part about it is that it's simple. So we kid, we made it based off of stars. Our, our, our logo is happy star, so why not mm -hmm. do stars? So it's it's an earn and burn. For every point you get, you get stars. And you have different tiers, 100, 300, 500. But also there's exclusive and loyalty you know, rewards inside the app as well for those that actually join the program. So as you spend more, you accumulate more. And those points can be redeemed for free food and beverage. Who doesn't like free food and beverage, right? And then additionally, now we understand the consumer sentiment, who buys what, when they buy it, the frequency they buy it, where they buy it, what they buy, what they like, what they don't like. And then leveraging a lot of our loyalty programs, but more importantly, the CDP, which is kind of the brains behind the operation, we now can really build contextual personalized offers and or specials for those guests. Case in point, if I can run a report through my CDP of who everybody loves bacon, like who doesn't love bacon? And, right, and push them an offer for free bacon or, on a burger or upsell for 50 cents. You would be amazed how many folks actually clamor to that. Or vice versa, as I alluded to earlier, if I wanted to drive consumers leveraging these technology platforms to come to get double star points between two and five, which might be a slow period for us. We now can drive these using, using loyalty programs as well as some of the app notifications, SMS, geofencing, and so forth. It really becomes a full 360 marketing activation plan, again, led by Chad and Jason, that entire team. But they can leverage the tools that we've now built for them so they can pull the different triggers. And I would, I would do you no justice mm -hmm. by showing you the trigger list they have. They're playing. It's a lot of A versus B versus C and figure out what works and what doesn't work and what the consumer likes and what the consumer doesn't like. That kind of testing never would have ever been possible without any kind of guest data. So loyalty gets us that guest data and rewarding for those guests giving us that information. Yeah, I like that idea that use the word use the word trigger points. Uh, you, you can you could test a whole a whole bunch of things and you could do it. You could do it quickly. I assume you could probably do it regionally. You can mm -hmm. do it uh, by by day part. I, I really like the idea. You talk about double points, two to five, for example, uh, because you can just activate that in in your app and it's done and someone can get a notification and, they, and that can that can that can push them in. That could be the that I talked about earl, earlier about the differentiator, like why choose you versus versus someone else. Little things like that can make can make the difference. Something else, as you were talking, I, I wrote down um, surprise. Like, like, is there is can you build surprise into the system where I just all of a sudden get something? Like, sure, I didn't earn it, but just boom, I you just you're throwing it at me. What do you think? Yeah, I think absolutely you can. I think that the idea of surprise and delight, right? What if I were just to give you a free cookie for doing nothing but just being a loyalty member? It's a cookie. People love cookies. 
right? Or vice versa. What if I were just to reward you for coming in, you know, on a Monday and tripling your stars or just giving away things via the, via the apps or the websites? Everybody loves a free gift, right? Yeah. Regardless of what the gift is, these engines allow us to do so. And, I, you know, people have always also come back and said, hey, don't you think loyalty programs cannibalize sales? No, I don't think they do. I think if you do it right, they actually become incremental to sales. People are going to come anyways and buy a burger. Or people are going to come back anyways and buy, you know, a biscuit. Yeah, but now you're rewarding them to come back more often or and or try to get different things they could go purchase they've never done before. Right? Really get them involved in the brand. I think that's huge. And to back to your point about surprising, like what if you were to get a free cup of coffee with your with your with your um your biscuit in the morning? You didn't you didn't even think about it. It just happened to pop up on your cart. People love that. Yeah, and, and and if you take that coffee example, your your food cost on that cup of coffee is is very marginal it's, compared to the the per, the perceived value that the customers is receiving. So that can be that can be very strong. And I'm sure you guys have it. You know the math the math of the repeat customer. Let's say the average person. I'm just make up numbers. They come in three times a month. Well, now your math, if they come in that fourth time or that fifth time, it's just dramatically increased your, your numbers. And if you do that across a percentage spectrum of, of your audience, it's, it's, it's a big deal. It's not, it's not in, inconsequential. So let's, um, I, I, I also saw something about drive-thrus. It's become so big. You know, you see two lanes here. This place is doing two yeah. lanes, reorganizing. Is that something you guys are, are, are also looking at? Absolutely. You know, Matthew Wallace is in charge, chief development officer is actually in the process of, you know, Re redesigning restaurants, right? The restaurant of the future that only has drive-through curbside and pickup, right? And or lockers. We have restaurants that have single drive-throughs that are converting to dual drive-throughs, right? With no footprint inside. I think that entire scheme is huge. I mean, the, during COVID, the QS industry took off once again. Mm -hmm. We've always had drive-throughs. It just was more convenient. And the consumers nowadays still like drive-through. Um, I think if we can leverage that with technology, whether it be, you know, geofencing when you hit the actual barrier and food fires through, or when you get to the window, you give them your name and the food's ready to go and you can move through it quicker. That's a game changer. We're experimenting different things through the AI. I mentioned artificial intelligence one. We're looking at doing payment at the drive-through, not the drive-through window. You know, we're looking at different, you know, logistical engines that can run drive-through from a, from a modeling standpoint to get cars through quicker, but also deliver the same quality product we have, whether you're inside the restaurant or not. I think, I think if you look at the overall scheme of how a restaurant's built, you know, we're looking at virtual kitchens and ghost chickens that are drive-through only. Like it just depends on what you want to do. You know, with us, everything's on the table right now. We're, we're really kind of learning from international partners as well. We have new buildings, you know, uh, overseas going in in Australia that are new concepts, you know, stuff in EMEA that's being, which being you know, designed and developed and tested even with technology because there's so much to learn. And it doesn't always work, you know, in every single market because you have different demographics, you have different regionalized areas, you know, depending on where you put a restaurant, right? Something like that, like a drive-through in New York City would never work, right? But it may work in, you know, you know, White Plains, just depends where you're at. Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. Like if you went, um, now, now if I go to most quick service restaurants, there's the spots where I can, where I can just park and, and, you know, and they bring the order out to me and, and you think to yourself, why the hell did, why the hell didn't that exist before? Like it's, it's like, yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of a no brainer, but that, but it forced us into this, you know, the, the COVID and, and, and protocols and so forth. It's like, why didn't that exist? And now you're talking about a, a quick service restaurant that may not even have an inside. 
Like who would have thought that that was that was possible a couple of years ago? But but really, a lot of customers just want to order and 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 get their food, whether it's a, a pickup or curbside. And and now, from a real estate perspective, right? You guys are, you know, theoretically save, saving a lot of dollars on space mm -hmm. and still pumping out dollars. Maybe it's with less people and so forth. So uh, really changing the model. And you meant and you and you mentioned Ghost Kitchen. Is, are you thinking of it in the case of there's just a facility over here and they're pumping out the food and it's getting delivered and is, is things like that? Is that where you're going? That's, exa that's exactly correct. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you actually might re-leverage a, um, a restaurant. They may not be doing well with a local drive-through, but we make that your delivery point and, and run all orders for that individual, excuse me, an individual ghost kitchen, right? Or maybe there's actual, you know, you have a virtual dining concept inside of our restaurant where you can run multiple products out of a restaurant and maximize the efficiency in the actual real estate you have there. I think ghost kitchens and virtuals are really going to be big for us moving forward. I think if we find the right partner and the right strategic initiatives we have, again, we can now put a, 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 a minuscule footprint out there, but now put a lot more ROI through it by just delivering product out a window or through a drive-through. I mean, it's it's amazing, especially if you look at the unit economics where you know dining rooms themselves, the staff them and clean them, and bathrooms and so forth, and the real estate. To your point earlier, goes away, right? It's a more economic model for the QSR industry in and of itself. Again, you still need to have some places that want dining rooms, but you have to have different models and different builds. Yeah, I think um, that probably speaks to your your growth opportunities, your franchise opportunities, having different uh, models, footprints, uh, ideas that folks can take. You probably have a lot of multi-unit uh, owners that want to expand and they're like, oh yeah, that would be great for here and so forth. Um, and then I also read about, um, you guys are doing some, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Reimagine or uh, re redo the stores yeah. or renovate. Re that, yeah, re-imaging, there you go. So that is that is that... Um, how do you think about that? Is that does that involve you from the tech side, or is that more like a design and so forth? It, it's heavily involved with tech. Mm. I, again, Matthew Walls is heading up that charging, and well, with Chad Crawford, right? The technology has to work within the, the new ecosystem, right? Mm. And whether it be a very basic technology stack there, or every single facet you want, you know, again, automated drive-throughs, or or lockers, or curbside, or pickup, or you know, to-go screens, or pickup only, like. All the different technologies that we're playing with have to work inside those models. And again, some restaurants can be super tech heavy. Some restaurants just need to be very basic tech. But you got to make sure to test it all and try it in different models and be able to build these where you can do an a la carte model. I want this plus this plus this from a technology component. And there's your technology package for that restaurant. Or you want just one, one component of it, which it might be a digital menu board and drive-through only and not do delivery out of there or not do curbside or not do pickup. That's where we're building a model. So it really allows our franchisee and our corporate operations to kind of pick what fits best for the local market where they want to build a product or build a building, excuse me. Yeah. I love, I love now that uh, you guys could probably have a lot of fun with the digital boards. You can change them. You can feature stuff. You can obviously change prices because prices are kind of <laughs> are flying out there. <laughs> so that, that's a, that's a big deal rather than an old board that had to get changed and reprinted and so forth. So you can probably do a lot of, a lot of interesting thing with, uh, with your kiosks and your digital uh, screens. Is that a fair statement? What do you think? That is very fair. Actually, we're in the, and we're in the process now of revamping that entire uh, product set itself. Hmm. You know, we're talking to a couple of different providers to roll out the latest and greatest technology and digital menu boards, because you're right. If you look at some of the competition, they're now tied back to loyalty. You pull up and it says, hey, Phil, welcome back. It knows who you are and the order automatically fires. Or vice versa, if you look at your menu simplification, 
the print costs are gone for the digital menu board. If you have to do an inflation price, right? It reads right to the point of sale system. You need 86 an item. It comes out the digital menu board. There's a lot of benefits to digital menu boards if you have the right partner, but more importantly, if you have the right strategy of how it works within your brand. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. Interesting. You, you're in a, you're in a fun space. You get to see a lot of stuff coming down the pike. Anything did. that we didn't, uh, didn't touch on that you want to bring up, you want to send folks to websites, uh, anything. What, what sure. Yeah. Look, I mean, if, if for all the listeners out there that haven't tried our new app or our, our brands, Carl's or Hardy's visit the app stores, you know, Android and, and uh, iOS and go ahead and download it and give it a shout, you know, let us know how it works. You know, we're also really heavily on the consumer feedback, right? We really, really take consideration what our guests are saying because as we evolve you know we're in version 2.x at this point we launched with version one simply because we want to understand what we do right what we do wrong i think really listening to your customers is going to be a, a, a table stakes for us to get this done right but also to expand on the feature sets we have you know additionally if you haven't visited us in a long time come check us out if you're not an app user or just want to come in and, and experience the products we have some amazing promotions upcoming here i can't tease it Check out your TV stations, you know, in the next couple of days and, and other oh. social social feeds. There's a pretty big promotion with some pretty big movie premieres coming up that I think you'll be presently surprised that we get back into the game with some of these these cross-branding promotions and initiatives. It's pretty awesome. Good. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. So so much fun you can have there in that in that space. So I appreciate you joining us here. Uh, folks, that was Phil Crawford's uh, Chief Technology Officer of CKE Restaurants. You can find Carl Juniors at Carl Juniors. Uh, uh, C-A-R-L-S-J-R.com and Hardy's at Hardy's.com for more great restaurant marketing, operations, service, people, and tech tips. Stay tuned to us here at runningrestaurants.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Jamie. Appreciate your time.